Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. Tech it does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated, this is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 165. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We're coming to you from the United States. We've just attended the Apple launch in San Francisco. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. And we're going to take a look at all those products that were announced at the Apple launch, the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, the iPad Pro, and, of course, the Apple TV. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out Samsung's new Galaxy Note 5 and Galaxy S6 Edge Plus, plus the Project Morpheus, the virtual reality headset from Sony. And we'll wrap it up with a Tech Guide help desk. Today, the help desk is going to look at all the plans that have been offered by the telcos for the 6S and 6S Plus. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Plenty to talk about, so let's jump straight in. Well, as we mentioned at the top, we were attending, we've attended the Apple launch event in San Francisco last week. I'm recording this on a Monday, or actually a Sunday night in the US. I am still in the United States. But that event, I have to say, was probably one of the biggest events Apple has held. It was not just about one product as they normally do. They normally have uh, like a focused release, whether it's uh, about the iPhones or the iPad or a particular product. But here we had phones, a new iPad, a new Apple TV, updates to the Apple Watch. It was a massive event. And, of course, the focus, uh, one of the products that people were talking about the most were, of course, those iPhones. Let's talk about them right now, the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. Now, outwardly, don't look much different. They uh, look almost identical, you could say, to last year's model. The only thing that's changed with the design, they are slightly thicker. 0.2 of a millimetre thicker. But don't fret if you do have an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus case, they will still fit. That, uh, that's what I was told anyway by STM, by Toffee, by Signet and by Proper. These are Australian case designers and manufacturers and they assured me that last year's cases will fit. But what are the new features? The 6S and 6X Plus, probably the biggest new feature is this new 3D touch display. Now, what that means is that we know that we can tap and swipe and pinch to zoom. Well, now there is a new feature. This is the 3D touch. The biggest feature of 3D touch is the fact that you can now press deeper into the screen. So the more pressure you exert, the different results you get. For example, if you press on an icon on the home screen, Say you press on the, the phone app on the, your home screen. You press in, and that allows you to what they call peek into that app. So what will happen, you'll see, you'll feel a little vibration under your finger from the Taptic engine on board, and you'll see the last three phone calls, the last three people you called, this little, little pop-up on the home screen. So you're still not in the actual app itself. 
and it allows you then to either ring those three people or if you have a deeper press, it will then allow you to go into the app as you normally would. Another example is, uh, for example, if you were in the, uh, if you're looking at the Facebook icon, so you press deep into the Facebook icon, and a little pop-down screen would appear that allows you then to do things from that that the app would allow you to do usually, but you haven't opened the app yet. For example, you can maybe check in or update your status, so it'll, it'll, it's a shortcut directly to that function. So uh, an- another handy feature of 3D Touch is the ability to peek inside emails. So say you've got all these, un- all these unread emails, you simply press and hold so you till, till you feel that little vibration so you can peek into the message. So you haven't opened the message, you're just sort of looking at the, the first few paragraphs. If you, do, if you do find that is the message you want to do, then you press further and then you pop into that email. Peek and pop, they're going to be two, two terms you're going to be hearing a fair bit of once the iPhone 6 and 6S Plus are released. September 25 is when they're going to be launched, and uh, you can already pre-order them, although pre-orders, I think, have sold out from a lot of the telcos that I've been looking at, but more about that a little bit later when we talk about the plans. The other improvement of the 6S and 6S Plus is the camera. Now, for a long time, iPhones have always been great cameras, and this this one has taken it even further. So where they've gone from an 8-megapixel to now a 12-megapixel camera. That's a 50% increase on the pixel count on the sensor. So you can imagine the type of quality photographs you can capture. It can also capture 4K video. So you can, for all these people who are purchasing 4K Ultra HD TVs, now you can create that content to enjoy on it with the new iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. There is one other feature from the camera, and that is live photos. So now, this is on by default. So now, when you take a photograph, what actually happens is that one and a half seconds before you press the shutter and one and a half seconds after, the the iPhone takes a series of burst shots so that you've captured not only what you took as your photo at the point of capture, but it's also captured a couple, uh, one and a half seconds before, one and a half seconds after, so that when you go back and do a deep press on the photo, those photos all, all run together and actually looks like a movie. So it's like a moving picture without it being, without you having actually shooting video because you've taken so many pictures at once, it runs them all together and does actually look like a movie, but it's not. Now, what happens with that photo is that it sits on your, on your, in your camera roll. So that's on by default. So any photo you take, then now will have the ability for you to press deep, see that little animation. Problem with that, though, I see, is that it's going to take up room on your, on your, in your memory. Now, there's going to be 16, 64, 128 versions of uh, the iPhone. Uh, one thing that we've noticed, of course, is the pricing. Because of the weak Australian dollar or the weakening Australian dollar, prices of this device are pretty high. In fact, there's not a single iPhone, uh, iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, under $1,000. We're talking above 1000 and I think all the way up to $1,549 for the 128 6S Plus. So plenty of excitement around this product, uh, and I am, I am going to talk later about the plans that are available. But overall, even though it does look the same, there are a few compelling new features, I think, to attract customers to upgrade. Look, if you've got an iPhone 6 and a, and a 6 Plus right now, I wouldn't break the door down to upgrade. 
Uh, you're probably still on a plan. Uh, unless you really want to have the latest, then go for it. But if you're coming from a 5S, p- possibly, or, or even earlier, then you know this upgrade is going to be a terrific one. Uh, you want to read? We've done a, a hands-on with the iPhone 6S and the 6S Plus, as well as our other reports, and you can read them all at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, keeping you updated and educated. Now, the other big news, with the emphasis on the word big, was the new iPad Pro. Now, I've got to say, this was a story that was, the, the rumor was huge. Uh, it's been huge for two years. And then it kind of went away, and then they released the iPad Air 2, and still not, not much on that front. But just in the lead-up to this last event that from last week, the rumors started to surface again. And lo and behold, we actually got to see it, the iPad Pro. We've been talking about it for a long time, rumors around for a long time. Well, Apple has finally done it. The iPad Pro, it's got a 12.9-inch th- screen. It is huge. It dwarfs even the iPad Air 2. Now, the iPad Pro is not for everyone. For a start, it's not going to be cheap. In Australia, expect to pay at least $1,100, possibly $1,200. It's going to be $800 US dollars. So do just doing the rough math on the latest on the latest rate, and you're going to be looking at over $1,100 to own that device. Now, this is, I think, a device that Apple have produced to go in ahead or compete against the Surface Pro 3 and the Surface 3. Now, these are two tablets from Microsoft that have been making quite a bit of noise in the tablet space, and they've been touted as a laptop replacement. Well, are these the devices that Apple want to compete in that space? Do they want something to compete against them? Well, yes and no. Well, one for one, yes, they are because they've got a big screen. The other addition is the the accessories. Uh, there's a there's a keyboard case, so similar to the Surface, you can run a keyboard or through this. There's a new connector on the iPad Pro that runs data and power to uh, a connected keyboard case. But there's also a pencil, which the which the Surface Pro also has as well. But the Apple Pencil allows you to draw on the screen, write on the screen. Now, it's not a stylus. A lot of people have been jumping up and down. I even made the comment in my story that Steve Jobs would never was never a fan of a stylus. And Apple Pencil technically isn't a stylus. It is just a way for you to write on the screen. You're not navigating the menus with it. You're not opening apps with it. You're just simply using it as a tool, a writing tool, a drawing tool, sketching tool on the iPad Pro. And that Apple Pencil will only work with the iPad Pro. It's not going to work with the iPad Air 2 or any other iPad. Possibly next year that may be the case, but the Apple Pencil will only work with that iPad Pro. Now, there's only a lightning port on the iPad Pro like the other iPads. There's no USB port. There's not even a USB-C port. I thought possibly that with the introduction of the USB-C port on the MacBook, that Apple may have introduced that to the iPad Pro to give it more of a feel of a computer, so computer compatibility there. Uh, The one big complaint about the iPads is there's no USB port, getting data on and off. Uh, You need to do it through the cloud wirelessly via Bluetooth, and it's just not not as easy as using a USB as you would on the Surface Pro 3 and the Surface 3. So that's probably one area where it does fall down. That little connectivity, that ability to transfer files as quickly and easily, read files as quickly and easily 
iPad Pro doesn't allow, doesn't offer that. Uh, but it does offer a lot of power. I have to say that the device is, uh, it's got plenty of grunt under the hood. It's got 64-bit architecture, so it is running the sort of processor you expect to find on a laptop computer anyway. So you, you can expect this device to be favoured by artists, designers, editors, people who want to literally use their hands and the pencil as other tools to do their job, to do their editing, their, to do their creative tasks. The iPad Pro can certainly do that. And of course, apart from being a work device, it's a brilliant uh, entertainment device as well. That magic, that beautiful big screen, um, it allows you to watch your, your movies really well. There's four speakers on board too. There's two on the on the top, two on the bottom. Screen's got a resolution of 2732 by 2048, and that's 264 PPI pixels per inch. So plenty of real estate there, screen real estate, to enjoy your, your content and also get your work done as well. We've done a full wrap-up of the iPad Pro. We have done a video, a hands-on video, as well as a report, and you can read all about it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, the other big announcement, well, two big announcements I'll cover in this little segment is the Apple TV and, of course, the Apple Watch updates as well. Uh, actually, we'll talk Apple Watch first. Now, what the big news was they announced an Hermes version of the Apple Watch. That's the uh, the French company. It's got uh, beautiful bands, different options for the Apple Watch. Now, they can only be bought with a watch. So if you've already got an Apple Watch and you like the Hermes bands, you can't buy them separately, which I find a little bit strange. It's one big package. So you have to sell your old Apple Watch, your older Apple Watch, to buy the new one if you really desperately want to get hold of them. So you can't buy the band separately. I thought that was a little strange. The other uh, changes to the Apple Watch lineup is the addition of rose gold. I should have mentioned too, the iPhones, the new iPhones are available in that rose gold color as well. Apple Watch also in the rose gold. So they've, what they've done, they've turned the sports model, which is anodized aluminium, and they've given that a rose gold color as well as a gold color. Of course, at the top of the line, the 24 carat or 18 carat, whatever they are, they're still there, rose gold and gold, but they're tens of thousands of dollars. But if you do like gold and do like rose gold and you want it a little bit more affordable, then the anodized aluminium versions are the ones for you. Now, Apple TV. This was the other major announcement from Apple, and it's it's come along. I think what what Apple have done they they years ago when they first introduced Apple TV, they called it a bit of a hobby project, and of course it's turned out to be quite a handy little device to connect your TV, to get your content to your TV, to access content through your TV as well. Of course, it connects to iTunes. You can download movies and, and do all sorts of things. Uh, but now, the thing with Apple TV is that it's got its own operating system. So TVOS is the new operating system. And of course, it can now run apps. So developers are now creating their, their apps to run on the biggest TV, biggest screen in the house, which is the television. So you can now play games, uh, use other apps, shopping apps. Now you can use that on the full size, t on your full TV. So there's going to be a new ecosystem of apps built for Apple TV. Of course, your old favorites, games and other favorites can run on there as well. But uh, Apple TV has also added Siri. So you can now talk to Apple TV. So rather than you 
having to type away, peck away at that painful keyboard, you can now ask Siri, find me all action movies by Clint Eastwood. Give me movies starring Tom Cruise. Show me the latest comedies. And it will find it to you, find that for you in just a few seconds. It's quite responsive. You can also ask Siri to find out the latest sports scores, the weather, news headlines, and it will pause whatever's in the background for you to do that. They're the biggest changes for Apple TV. You're not going to see Apple TV till late October. Uh, the iPad Pro, I should mention, you're not going to see that till November. I, I, I predict late November. Uh, and pricing for the iPad Pro as well as the Apple TV haven't been announced. Pricing for the iPhones you can find on Tech Guide. And you can read our full report about the Apple TV at techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Well, Netgear has introduced the first Nighthawk modem router. Netgear's newest addition to the Nighthawk family has landed, and it's the first modem router in the range. The Nighthawk D7000 will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds up to 1,900 megabits per second and supports both ADSL and VDSL connections. VDSL is one of the new technologies being utilised for the NBN, so upgrading to the D700 will future-proof your network. Enjoy smooth video and music streaming. Eliminate lag when online gaming with Nighthawk. So if you want super-fast Wi-Fi speeds and ultimate Wi-Fi range for your home, check out the new Nighthawk modem router from Netgear. Search for D7000 at netgear.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. Okay, for our reviews, we're going to jump the fence. We've been talking about Apple's products. Well, now we're going to jump over to their main competitor, that is Samsung. We're going to talk about their two latest smartphones we've just reviewed on Tech Guide, the Galaxy S6 Edge Plus and Galaxy Note 5. Let's talk about, first of all, what they all have in common. They both have a 5.7-inch Quad HD Super AMOLED screen. Really beautiful, really bright Really clear, big winner there. Big tick in the box right there. Design-wise, of course, it's all about curves. Now, on the Edge, the S6 Edge Plus, the curves are on the screen, left and right. Now, we saw the Edge earlier this year, the smaller version of the Edge. This is that on a larger, grander scale. 5.7-inch screen, those curves are pretty, pretty nice. If, for, for those who, who enjoyed the, the curves on the Edge, will really enjoy this even further. It is a bigger device. For me... I found it a little awkward to hold. The curves went did, didn't leave much of an edge to grip to grip on, so it didn't quite feel as comfortable in my hand. I found that I was either unlocking the phone or interfering with the screen. It, it was a little awkward. I, I had to handle it really carefully, and it's not something. It's something you shouldn't even have to think about, rather than having to make sure your hands are in the wrong position. That I think uh, is something that you nearly really need to get used to. So uh, that's something to note. On the night, uh, speaking of note. The Note 5 also has a curve, but not on the screen. It's got a flat screen, but on the back of the Note are the curves. Now, this worked really well because those curves sat in your hand, made it sit in your hand really nicely, really comfortably. So big tick for the Note 5's curves. The Galaxy S6 Edge Plus curves were good, 
but you really had to handle with care. Make sure you're not interfering with that screen or accidentally turning it, unlocking it. That's what I found I was doing. But under the hood, of course, these are powerful products. There's four gig of RAM on board, and it's got an octa-core processor. So both can handle whatever you throw at it, whether it's work, whether it's it's graphics-heavy games, whether it's uh, any kind of productivity. These devices uh, have computer-like power for you to use on the go. Uh, one thing they've also got in common is an excellent camera. Now, they're, they're, it's a 16-megapixel camera, and they've got really fast autofocus so, uh, and decent uh, optical image stabilization, really good optical image st- stabilization, I should say. So your videos are sharp, your photos are shake-free and in focus all the time. Pictures we took with this device were brilliant. Now, we, we did a, if you check out a review on Tech Guide, we took us. We did a photo. Took a photo with the iPhone six plus, and a photo with the Samsung. I have to say, in this particular situation, it was a low light sort of situation. The Samsung photo was much much better than even the iPhone, which has got a great camera to begin with. So that just goes to show the quality of the camera on board. Then there, there are other pictures I've taken. Actually, I had this when I was in Berlin. So there's a lot of pictures taken in Berlin with these devices. So check them out as well. The Note five, of course, has that S Pen. Now, this was my favorite of the two. So you'll see from my ratings when you check out the review on Tech Guide, you'll see that I've rated this a little higher than the the S6 Edge Plus. One of the reasons was because of that S Pen. It allows you to write on the screen, very responsive, like pen on paper, instantly responsive, uh, allows you even to take notes when the screen is locked. So if the phone's in the locked position, you pop out the S Pen, you can write on the black locked screen. There's a picture of it on Tech Guide as well. I wrote Tech Guide when it was still in the locked position. So if you do need to take a note down in a hurry, that is the way to do it. Now, later on, you're gonna in- we're going to be introduced to Samsung Pay. This is a way for you to to uh, pay for stuff. So you, rather than having your credit cards actually physically with you, they can then be included on the uh, on the phones, and you'll be able to use that at a point of sale. One other feature I'd like to mention with the S6 Edge Plus, and that is the ability for you to set up five favorites, uh, favorite contacts, and five favorite apps. So you simply slide in, you brush up, brush the right edge, and these this little these five little icons appear, and you can switch between apps, contacts, and they allow you to color code your contacts. So you know just by color who's calling you. You've got your five favorite apps as well. You, the Edge also works to set little notifications. It can also be used to tell the time when it's in the locked position in, in sleep mode you can, you can use it as a little clock as well now overall i think look samsung have they're, they're on a winner here these are these are really powerful devices so whether you're a content consumer whether you're a you know a mobile professional there's a phone here to suit every user uh, one thing i didn't like about them they didn't have expandable memory now they did this with the s6 and the s6 edge they close the devices. Now, one reason why people buy these devices is because they're not an iPhone. They allow you to expand the memory. They allow you to get to the battery. But what Samsung have done is closed it off, just like the S6 and S6 Edge. Uh, so no expandable memory. I think 32 and 64 are the options for the Edge Plus, 32 only for the Note 5. So you can't put a micro SD card in there and expand the memory. 
So I think that's uh, that's something that could backfire against Samsung. They should allow people to expand that. It's one feature of Android that people really love is the ability to do that. So that, that's one thing I didn't like about those devices. But anyway, if you want to read my complete review about those two products, the Note 5 and the S6 Edge Plus, you can head over to techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenny. Tech Guide. Now, another thing I did when I was in Berlin was uh, I was in Berlin as a guest of Sony. And what I did get a chance to use was Sony's Project Morpheus virtual reality gaming headset. Now, I have to say, this was absolutely brilliant. A game changer for gaming. Now, you wear this over your head. It's it's a it's a pair of goggles, so it sits sits across your eyes and sort of takes up all of your eye line. It allows you to view in HD all this this virtual environment. Now, for my for my little turn on Project Morpheus, I played a game or part of a game called The London Heist, and it was about a, a jewelry robbery and there was a, a shootout. And and I, as, at, when I first started, I'm, I'm being interrogated. There's a man literally standing over me. And I was completely engulfed in this world. Wherever I looked, I turned my head up and down and around, and I was just looking in this virtual world that I found myself in. Uh, it was quite intimidating. The man in the, in the scene was standing over me, even flicked a cigarette at me at one point, and, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm right in this game. Then there was a flashback scene where I'm standing behind a desk, and opening drawers and looking for ammunition. I'm holding a gun in one hand, uh, so I'm using I'm using the two Sony controllers in my hand, the Sony Move Move controllers, the movement controllers, and they are my virtual hands in uh, in the game. So I was able to fire my gun, uh, insert new ammo, open drawers, close drawers. So looking for things around me, I could even take cover behind the desk. I have a video of myself playing Project Morpheus. Now I look a complete goose because I'm I'm sitting, I'm ducking down, jumping around, and and I'm completely engulfed in the game. Anyone looking at me thinks would think I'm a lunatic. But you can see from the video on Tech Guy, there's actually a view of what I'm doing, and there's a screen there that shows you what I'm seeing. So you can see all my movements and how they correspond in the game. It is truly, truly remarkable. This is an absolute game changer, as I mentioned. Absolutely brilliant. It's not going to be seen till early or middle of 2016. Uh, there are other companies working on other products similar to this. There's the Oculus, which is owned by Facebook. Uh, others are around as well. Xbox, I think, are working on one too. So keep an eye out for those. But if you want to check out my little adventure using Project Morpheus, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide is also proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can keep, help keep you and your family safe online. Do you know what your kids are up to on the internet? A recent survey by internet security company Norton shows that almost three quarters of Australian parents are in the dark when it comes to knowing what their children get up to online. Are you one of them? 
helping your kids grow up in the digital age of social media, online stranger danger, and sexting and cyberbullying as a new dimension to parenting. And Norton wants to help give you the tools you need to open up the conversation with your kids about online safety. Norton Family is a free online service that lets you keep tabs on where your kids go, what they do, and what they see online to help them develop good online habits. To learn more and to start using Norton Family for free, visit norton.com forward slash au forward slash protecting kids. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Well, I thought I'd dedicate the Tech Guide Help Desk to looking at all the iPhone plans, and I have actually put together all the plans that are available for the 6S and the 6S Plus from all the telcos. I've created tables, put them all in tables, so you can, at a glance, see exactly how much data you get, how much it's going to cost, and what device you can receive for that particular price. I've got Telstra, I've got Optus, I've got Vodafone, and Virgin Mobile. Now, these are all 24-month plans. I should point out, and in the tables, I have only listed the data limits of each plan. Now, depending on the telco, it usually has unlimited text and talk uh, for most of the plans. Uh, In Telstra's case, unlimited calls and text kick in with the seven gigabyte plans and upwards. So that's the top two plans. The bottom two plans have, I think, 500 and 1,000 bucks worth of calls and texts. But Telstra's cheapest plan is $87. Uh, that's one gigabyte. And uh, for the iPhone 6S, 16 gig. Its most expensive plan is the 15 gig iPhone 6S Plus, 128 gig, and that's 165 bucks. That's an expensive plan. As I mentioned at the top, the iPhones are more expensive this year because of our weakening dollar. So that's the reason why plans this year are a little bit more expensive. I think Optus, moving on to them, they've done their best to absorb that difference and actually quite competitive uh, across all their ranges. So their lowest data allowance is 500 meg. Uh, They've got 3 gig, 6 gig, 12 gig, and 20 gig. Uh, their cheapest plan is 73 bucks a month, and that includes their monthly plan plus the handset cost. That's the total cost per month, 73 bucks. For that, you get 500 meg. Now, the most expensive plan is 20 gig of data, and that's the iPhone 6S Plus, 128 gig. That's $149. Now, Optus has unlimited talk and text on every one of their plans. So from top to bottom, unlimited talk, unlimited text. It's just the data that varies. They've got data, as I mentioned, five meg, 500 meg, 3 gig, 6 gig, 12 gig, 20 gig. Optus, uh, pretty competitive there. Moving on to Vodafone. They too have unlimited talk and text on all their plans. Cheapest plan is 79 bucks. For that, you get a gigabyte of data on the uh, iPhone 6S 16 gig. Its most expensive plan is a 20 gig plan for the iPhone 6S Plus 128 gig, 140 bucks. Now, that is 20 gigabytes. That's actually cheaper than Optus. Optus is a similar plan, same amount of data, same device, 149 So that's 9 bucks cheaper. And moving right along to Virgin. Virgin Mobile. Now, what I find through what I'm looking at to here, uh, I see that they've got seven different plans. Data not too far apart. So they've got 300 meg, 500 meg, 1 gig, 2 gig, 3 gig, 4 gig, and 6 gig. So I think what they're doing, they're focusing on targeting younger users, sort of more affordable plans, not giving them the, not giving them the world when it comes to data. 
but uh, uh, giving them affordable price points. Now, if there is data left over, that can that can be rolled over to the next month. If you do have unclaimed text, uh, talk and text, you can also do that. Unlimited calls and texts are included with plans two gigabytes and higher. So it's the top four plans. The bottom uh, the bottom three plans have I think I think. 350, 300, 350, 500 bucks worth of calls and texts. So their cheapest plan is $61. That's for 300 meg for the iPhone 6S 16 gig. Most expensive plan is the 6 gig $102 for the iPhone 6S Plus, which gets you, uh, that's the 128 gig model at the top of the line. So I've created all of those tables, so it's very easy to compare for per telco so you can see like for like so you can see how how much the 6 gig plans are between uh, between operators how much the 20 gig plans are how much they are at the bottom end so you can really compare and make your decision uh, if you are planning on buying the new iPhone 6S and 6S plus you can see all of those tables I've put together at techguide.com.au And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've spoken about uh, on this program at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, please email us, info at techguide.com.au. And we may be even using your question uh, on the help desk. Uh, a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again in a week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.